Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! <laughs> it's Nine Bob Note and it's Christmas Day, Ken. Yes, it's snowing outside, the sleigh bells have been jingled, and there are presents under the tree. But what are we talking about? Well, we're going to do something a little bit different this week to celebrate uh, Christmas. We're going to celebrate the 12 gays of Christmas. So I thought we could just have a look back at some of the, the LGBTQ plus people <laughs> or allies who have maybe had, a, had an impact this year and sort of raise a glass to them. Excellent. Well, uh, since it's your idea, I'll let you go first. Who is our first gay of Christmas? Well, first on the list, I am going to go for Josh Cavallo. It'll be no surprise to you I don't know who this person is. <laughs> well, he is uh, an Australian football player. Okay. And as I'm sure you... Uh, no, I know very little about sports. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We're both on the same sheet there, yes. But uh, earlier this year, he was the first top flight footballer who is still playing to come out as gay. Uh, so he made an announcement that he was gay. He's still playing. And hopefully this is going to pave the way for other people to do the same. I just thought it's kind of a nice thing. The reaction to it has been really good. He hasn't been met with a ton of abuse. In Australia? In Australia, yeah. Because they are quite, they're like British, but dialed up to 11, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the Aussies, I've got to be. But that's exactly the sort of thing that they would take the piss out of in a, a sort of larrikin, jokey way, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm guessing he probably has had a bit of a bit of ribbing, uh, but but yeah, it, it generally it's been quite uh, quite a positive story. There there, there are rumours that there's some English Premier League players out there who are on the verge of coming out, but they just want they don't want to be the first one. So maybe maybe this will tip them over. But then I can't imagine the reaction from English fans being quite so. Lee said soon as mended about English football <laughs> fans. Yes, I can't. Uh, yeah. The second gay of Christmas <laughs> is my choice, and it's going to be Richard Wilson, the actor. Oh, interesting. Now, I didn't know that Richard Wilson was gay, largely because I don't read Pink News or <laughs> I haven't up until now. I, I have sort of now I've got a bit of a side eye on Pink News and things. But he was outed, I think, by Time Out in 2013. Wow. Um, who named him as one of the most influential gays. But he is, of course, best known as Victor Meldrew, <laughs> and uh, he's been in any number of things on television over the years, and he's a, he's quite a political activist. He's for the Labour Party, and um, he's also quite a figure in the theatre. He was on Desert Island Discs earlier this year, and he's just an all-round fascinating. He's just one of those people that I enjoy listening to talk about his life. Um, so yes, uh, largely because it surprised me. I thought it was either last year or the year before when I, when he was sort of officially came out and he's 85 now. Um, <laughs> I think it was one of those things that was widely known within the industry, mm. but just not to the general public. But 
Richard Wilson, always been a fan. Yeah. Continue to be. And you and you can't beat uh, any any excuse to go back and watch One Foot in the Grave. Absolutely not. On the, on the subject, without uh, obviously we uh, are li- time limited today. <laughs> We've got the turkey in the oven, but the there's a Twitter site. I can't remember what it's called, but it, what it does is it sends a message to somebody to celebrities when they reach the age that Richard Wilson was in the first episode of One Foot in the Grave. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, congratulations, you're Mel, I think it's called the Meldrew Age or something like that. And um, a couple of uh, weeks ago, Kylie Minogue reached that age. <laughs> and so she said, she, she said, can't know. be. I mean, he was younger than his character, I think. was his character was 60. Because mm, so it was mandatory retirement. Kylie Minogue can't be 60. She's not 60. She's 50. Five, maybe. Three, well, yeah. maybe that was the age that Richard Wilson was yes, when he yeah, took the part. But yeah, the character was 60 in the first episode. That was why he was forced to retire. But I'm, I look at these people. I mean, I know people would take a, a little swipe at her, but Madonna. I mean, I don't know how old she is now. She's, is she in her late 50s? I still no, think she, she is 60. She is 60. Yeah. She looks bloody good. I mean, all right, she might have a few billion dollars behind <laughs> her to uh, assist with the ageing process, but even so, and Kylie Minogue is immortal. Yep. All credit to them. The third gay of Christmas is... Ollie Alexander. Oh, you are. T- <laughs> dear God. Right, educate me about the man. This is only because I think it's been a it's a, been a really good year for him. He's been around for quite a while. He was a singer in years and years. Uh, and then earlier this year, the rest of the band disappeared and he just became years and years on his own. But he's worked this year with quite a few different people, including the aforementioned Kylie Minogue. He's had a couple of uh, songs with her. And of course, he was in It's a Sin, which was yeah. his first proper acting role, I think. And and he, he received quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of acclaim, although I think it was generally accepted that he was playing a an exaggerated version of himself. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, the years and years. So we're not, was that anything to do with the the television series or were they a band or, uh, because I only know of years and years in reference to a TV series I've still never seen. (laughs) No, years and years. It was a TV series by Russell, Russell T. Davis, but it is also a band which was fronted by Ali Alexander. Although now, the the rest of the band have gone away, and so Ollie Alexander is years and years, but he still re- releases music under that name. Right, but yeah, he's had a he, he he's he seems like a really nice guy. Uh, he's seems like a lot of fun. He's always been a a big uh, advocate for LGBT people, and yeah, and he's had a good year. So hurrah! I know I've not exactly been complimentary about him, but that was in reference to Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He did play a, a complete arsehole in It's a Sin. Mm. Not that I'm saying that, that re- <laughs> represents his, his real life persona, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I have I have given him a little bit of stick this year, so it's it's nice to have the the course corrected. Yeah. Uh, well, the fourth gay of Christmas is Graham Norton. Oh, 
Uh, one of the big guns, I think it's fair to say that Graham Norton's done bloody well for himself, and deservedly so. Uh, started out as an actor on, uh, I know the first thing I ever remember seeing him in was Father Ted, <laughs> played Father Noel Furlong, who was the most enthusiastic, <laughs> annoyingly enthusiastic priest for everything. Uh, even when he was buried by a falling cave. <laughs> But now, of course, he's he's, all, he's got his own chat show on BBC One and has done for many years. And it's the way chat shows should be. Mm. Everybody's sat around. It's very convivial, more like a group of mates having a chat. They've all quite openly got an alcoholic drink. And he just exudes this atmosphere of familiarity. Yeah. And it's good for the viewer. I think he gets the best out of people in a way that other interviewers don't. He does, and also, unlike a lot of chat show hosts around at the moment, the sh- it isn't about him. He gets them to tell their stories, and it is. It's really good. And not forgetting that Graham Norton is one of the uh, regular guest judges on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Well, having consulted the Oracle, I find that he actually he dated a, a drag queen yes. for a couple of years, uh, whose name escapes me. Tess, Tess Burner. I could look at Wikipedia <laughs> next to me, but uh, I'm going to take your word for it. But yes, apparently his ex-boyfriends are all a little bit resentful that they've always been the partner of Graham Norton rather than anybody in their own right. <laughs> but getting back to what you said about his interview style, I can't watch a lot of other interviews. Things like certainly the American ones. Yeah. Uh, Conan is the big one that you always see. He is so annoying because none of his guests get more than three words into a sentence before he cuts them off with his witty interjections, which aren't. And then on our side of the pond, you've got people like Jonathan Ross. It's all about him. Yeah. You've got these really big name guest stars on and you're just constantly cutting them off to try and be funny. Just let the guests bloody well talk. Yeah. Nobody wants your stupid asides to the camera. So yes, uh, Graham Norton, I salute you, sir. Hurrah! Excellent. Well, moving on to the fifth the game. The fifth game. game of Christmas. Five! <laughs> <laughs> the bit that everyone likes to sing out. This one is probably another one that you uh, know, know very little about, but it's uh, someone who has been quite high profile this year, Kylie Sonique Love. A vague, vague bell peeling in the distance through the snow. Uh, Go on. This was a drag queen who performed on RuPaul's Drag Race a number of years ago, a number of years ago, and and did very well. This year, uh, she came back onto Drag Race All Stars, where they bring back, you know, obviously from from previous seasons, (laughs) for no reason. Um, and, And she came back. But revealed that she has actually transitioned so she's now a woman she was one of the first trans women to be a drag queen on drag race does that not confuse things terribly well i suppose if you're looking at traditional drag but there's been quite a lot of people there was a cisgender woman who appeared on the most recent series as well and yeah there there are the arguments well is it not just a woman putting extra makeup on and stuff but no it isn't but but no uh, so she she was uh, when she was originally on the show her her name I think was Kylie I think it was the same since then she's actually transitioned and so that's her actual name as well as her drag name and 
um, yeah, she did really well and, and sort of a very, a very good representation and she gave a very positive portrayal of what it's like to be a trans woman in America. Right, right. Uh, and yeah, and I, I thought all credit to her. She was very funny as well. Um, so when you're catching up on your drag race, you've only got like 13 seasons and like seven all-star <laughs> seasons to watch. Uh, so you'll, you'll, you'll become familiar with her. Well, if Kylie Jenner can run over somebody <laughs> pissed and uh, still make it as a, uh, a successful trans woman in America, I'm sure that Kylie... Sonny Glove. Yes, can, uh, she will have no problems. <laughs> The sixth day of Christmas is Pearl Mackie. Oh, good, good. Now, Pearl Mackie, she played the first black lesbian companion in Doctor Who, uh, aside Peter Capaldi's 12th Doctor. And she was fantastic. She was amazingly good. She was everything a Doctor Who companion should be. She was bouncy. She was enthusiastic. She was likeable. She was the voice of the audience, what's going on, but not in that annoying, whiny, <laughs> smacked ass face that we currently have uh, with the tail end of, of Jodie Whittaker's season with her companions. She, this year, has come out as bi and is dating a woman. So... Life imitates art. So purely for that reason alone, and largely because I just think, A, she was bloody brilliant as an actress. I loved her character, and she's just one of those people I really want to see do well. In, in I've, I've not heard a lot about her since Doctor Who, but surely someone somewhere must recognise that talent and pick her up and run with her with something else. She was she was in something this year, actually. And oh, I, good. I, I TV... A detective drama. Called, it was called The Long Something. <laughs> it, it was like a detective duo. Right. She played the, you know, the woman to the man. It was weird though because she was she played the mum of teenage children, and so she had a like her hair tied back, and she you know like dressed as a probably someone like our age. Mm. Um, and I, I have no idea how old she is in real life, but obviously when she was in Doctor Who, she appeared very much like you know early 20s. I, I think say. it split the difference. I think she's early 30s, but oh. like, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I think in this, she was playing a character a little bit older than she actually is. Mm. But she was really good in it. Very, she, She's very easy to watch, and we can sense that she's trustworthy. Yes. I, I don't suppose it, uh, or I don't suppose it does help, that she reminds me of, she's sort of like a black version of my sister. <laughs> she reminds me very much of Holly. Yes, I can see where you get yeah. that from. Yeah, and that's that's obviously always a bonus point. Yes, my, my sister is lovely. She's everything that I'm not. So <laughs> she's much nicer than I am. Surely not. Yes. <laughs> Who is the seventh gayer swimming? <laughs> well... The seventh, well, actually, funny you should say that because. <laughs> would, would it be our old friend Tom? It is, yes. For, for no other reason than he won an Olympic gold medal at last. Uh, for the benefit of the listeners at home, Tom. Oh, Tom Daly. Tom Daly. <laughs> the national treasure, Tom Daly. Yeah, he, won, he finally won an Olympic gold. I say finally, it's been 12 years in the making, but he is only still... He's 13, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he started swimming as an embryo. Uh, that, all uh, that practice in the womb paid off. Yeah. Well, that's what it's there for. 
<laughs> but yeah, it, it was a, a really big achievement for him. He is obviously an out and proud gay man. He's married and he and his husband have got a little boy. Yeah, and he just, you know, every time he's, you know, he speaks or anything like that, he's, he, he just seems to be a really good, a, a good role model, mm. uh, even though no one's really asked him to be. Uh, and he did, he did a press conference uh, after the Olympics in which he sort of said that being an out gay man and a gold, an Olympic gold medalist is like some of his mm. biggest achievements, which uh, which was kind of not brave because he, although he was in front of quite a few of the um, the lesser countries, yes, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, and he's spoken out quite a lot with about the it. accent on cunt, <laughs> China, Russia. Uh, why? Why? I know that this week, actually, this month, a FIFA boycotted China. For, no, it can't be FIFA. Anyway, China have been boycotted mm. by for some major sporting events in the past month. It's a bit something tennessee isn't it? I think, there, I think there was a snooker one as well. Oh, it, okay. There was, uh, but it's something really. There's a few big things where China's now uh, they're starting to have the squeeze put on them, and I would like to think it's because of their stance on a lot of things. Not. Mm. Uh, um, You've stunned me with with saying that the the Russian commentators and the Chinese commentators <laughs> in their own countries were were saying that you know these gay people are an abomination and things, and they're still involved. Yeah. The IOC and all the major bodies haven't t- turned around and said, "Well, this doesn't represent the Olympic values. That's not what it's all about." Yeah, it's about time that someone sort of took action. I mean. It, the the football world cup next year is being held in qatar where any you know we talked about footballers coming out of the closet but any international footballers who come out as gay and then go and play football in the, in, in the qatar world cup run the risk of being stoned to death uh, so uh yeah. It's a reasonably interesting choice for them to pick Qatar, given mm. the searing heat that is going to melt half of the players uh, from much colder climes. I mean, it's not exactly a temperate zone. Yeah. And and the fact that, they uh, do they even have an international football team? They do, yes, oh. they have. Yes, they've had for some little time. But uh, it, it's just their, their stance on certain things around mm. the world has been widely condemned over the years. <laughs> so uh, it's an interesting choice. I think um, a certain amount of money and or oil has exchanged hands. You may be right. Mm. right. Just a final word on Tom Daly. He is probably one of the world's most attractive men. So to have him as a gay icon symbol that could probably turn a lot of straight men, um, yes, I'll salute that one as a good choice. (laughs) Well, the eighth gay of Christmas is Gillian Anderson. Now, I didn't realise until recently that she was sort of fluid on her sexuality. But apparently she's been a big champion of LGBT rights over the years. I'm also dropping her in the the rankings because uh, she's fantastic. (laughs) I mean, I've loved Gillian Anderson on several levels over the years. (laughs) Obviously, she came to prominence in The X-Files during the 90s, which was an amazingly good series. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, But more recently, we've both seen her in The Crown. Absolutely. uh, Where she... 
she's probably done the best ever Margaret Thatcher impersonation <laughs> ever committed to screen. And uh, people were furious that an American, even though she was born in London, she is British technically, uh, but she, um, I think she's got a British dual nationality, I'm fairly sure. But people were appalled that this woman had been cast as a, you know, well, but so look. As a national treasure, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I on a on a side, bear in mind that I wasn't old enough to feel the full mm. pinch of Thatcher's policies, but you listen to interviews with her, uh, and I've I've read one of her autobiographies, and you listen to you actually listen to the woman speak. You can see the conviction of where she was coming from. It might not necessarily have been done in the right way, or. Uh, <laughs> Taken into account the the effects it was going to have on the people, but she did have the conviction. I've got to give her kudos for the conviction mm. that she she genuinely thought she was doing the right thing for the country. I will park that one there. Yeah. It's not for this <laughs> podcast, but um, but yes, Gillian Anderson. Uh, not only for the fact that she's brilliant, but yes, I, I didn't realise until very recently she was a a gay champion. So we're on number nine. The ninth day of Christmas. That's how numbers work. This one, uh, I am going to uh, introduce a comedian, Rosie Jones. Oh, yes. I do know who you mean. Yes. Yes. This is somebody who, but she's been on an awful lot of stuff mm. this year. Uh, she's she's often with uh, on The Last Leg, uh, Joe Lysett, uh, various things. And, and on uh, various panel mm. <laughs> panel shows. She is disabled. I should have maybe looked. At <laughs> how she was disabled? She's just got one of the... She's got a blue badge. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and she's also a lesbian. Right. She, so she's a disabled lesbian. Unfortunately, she's white, so uh, she doesn't have... Oh, you know, she did. <laughs> she's not got everything. <laughs> <laughs> She's not the Holy Grail, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, that's why we don't see her on the BBC. <laughs> um, but she is. She's just. She's so funny because I think when you see people, particularly people with disabilities, and they come on and do like stand-up things, and you and a lot of the time, although it's it's awful to say, there is that kind of unconscious bias. You sort of think. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they often make jokes about the, you know, about their disability and you sort of think, oh, well, isn't it nice that they can you know, laugh about this situation? Whereas she doesn't. She, she actually plays on it uh, in the opposite way in that she, her, a lot of her act is that she's a complete bitch who hates everyone. And she, you know, she goes out of her way to hurt people. And, um, and it's just... It, you know, it's all done with, you know, a really good heart, but she she's just hilarious. And one another thing that I also love is whenever she's on the TV, it's sometimes difficult to understand what she's saying because of her disability, but they never, you know, put subtitles mm, or anything yeah. like that. You know, it's just, if you don't understand what she's saying, then tough, because this is the way I tell jokes. And uh, uh, yeah, and I just think she's really good. And she's been around a lot this year and long may it continue. Excellent. Uh, well, moving on, the 10th gay of Christmas Ooh. is Jeanette Winterson. Mm. Now, uh, she's an author who comes from Accrington. Okay. Uh, she's best known for Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit. 
but she's uh, been around a long time now. She knew she was gay from a very early age. She had a, uh, a relationship with her first publisher at the age of 16, I think it was, or something like that. But she's, uh, I think she's 59 now, 59, 60. Been around a long time, and largely because she's a local girl. Uh, we are recording this in Rishton, which is just outside Accrington. Mm. I'm going to put her in because uh, I've met her very briefly once uh, during my time in office. Uh, <laughs> we met, met some of the greats, some of the local greats, and she was one of them. Um, but yeah, that, that's a pure crowbar as to why she's in, because she's a local girl. Excellent. Bit of a local claim to fame. Exactly. Okay, so number 11, so it's going to be my final pick. And this is not a person. <laughs> because, well, because I was going to pick a person, but then I thought, well, there's quite a few people that I want to do. So I'm just going to break the rules because it's our rules. Exactly, yes. <laughs> my podcast, my rules. <laughs> exactly. If you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, press stop. I am going to nominate the TV programme Pose. You'll be unsurprised to learn <laughs> that I don't know what this is. Oh, this is, it's an American uh, TV show. It's, it ran for three series and it finished this year. So it was, you know, that was the end of it. It was set in sort of 1980s and early 90s New York. Mm-hmm. And it was set amongst the, uh, the ballroom community. Okay. Uh, and it was largely gay and lesbian and trans people of colour used to get together and they used to have balls and what they, they used to get together in families and houses as they called them and walk the balls. So they have, they'd have categories and they would dress up and dance according to the categories and then they get scored and they win trophies. Uh, but it was really, it was about how they came together and looked after each other. A lot of them had been thrown out by their families or were living on the streets uh, and it was that kind of <clears throat> that kind of thing. And obviously, also at that time, we had the onset of the AIDS crisis. Mm. And it's just, it's a really, really good series. It's very funny, but also sad at the same time and very dramatic. And, you know, there's just so many good things. It has, I think, the biggest transgender cast so all of the transgender characters are played by transgender actors right and yeah it's just it's it's one of the best things i've ever watched on tv uh we have already watched all three series twice and we'll be watching them again next year it's that good well i'm on always on the lookout (laughs) for new stuff to watch uh, particularly since netflix have pulled all of star trek discovery with four days to go before the new series Disgraceful. They've done the same with Drag Race. You see, this is what, again, slight uh, slight rabbit warren here, but this is why I still believe in physical media, because it's not historically revised, it's not pulled, it's not suddenly, you know, it's up one minute, it's down the next, oh, oh dear, my internet's down tonight, I can't watch anything. Mm. It's always there with physical media. So I would like to think, I hope there's still a home for physical media in years to come, even though it's diminishing. (laughs) Well, the final pick tonight, the 12th gay of Christmas, (laughs) is the national treasure, Sir Ian McKellen. I couldn't resist uh, (laughs) wheeling out the big guns for 
uh, my final pick. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't crawled because we, we didn't know. We've not known what each other's going to pick tonight. We've, we've just sort of done this to surprise each other. Yeah. Uh, we did have some in reserve and thankfully they've not been used. <laughs> but so Ian McKellen, he's, he should be king of the gays, really. Obviously, he's a huge, big, he's a big theatre actor for God knows how long. <laughs> Obviously, he was Gandalf in all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films. He's been in various TV things. He pops up in things that you wouldn't believe that he would ever agree to doing. And when he's on chat shows, he's marvellously entertaining. But he's best mates with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and whenever you see them together, or Sir Patrick Stewart, they're both, they're both knights, Whenever you see them together, they spark off each other and it's clear that they are genuine best mates. Yeah. It's not just a sort of love-in. <laughs> There's nothing to dislike about the man. No, he, he is great. He, I mean, he was in Coronation Street a few yes, years ago. Yes, yes. Uh, brilliant. He, he also in a very short-lived ITV series. Oh, God. It was- <laughs> no, it wasn't short-lived. It ran for about three series, didn't it? With Derek Jacobi. Yeah, the- Vicious, it was called. Oh, I did dip into that when it was on just to see why did them to agree to that? I, I think the thought of it was good because it was it was like a an old fashioned sitcom, you know, like one set apparently filmed in front of a live studio audience and Oh and gays know. as they were when John Inman was a gay. <laughs> yeah. Which is entirely against type for both of them. Yes. But I, I completely agree. That aside, although he was largely taking the piss out of himself oh, doing that. To be fair, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, a, a true national treasure. I have met Sirian McKellen. Oh, I am in awe. Yes. And yeah, a, a very genuinely, genuinely nice man. And, and he deserves to be the fairy atop our Christmas tree today. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not using that as a gay slur. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of our 12 gays of Christmas, Ken. It does indeed. I've just, I've just heard the microwave go off. So the turkey, <laughs> turkey's ready. Oh, good old Aldi. <laughs> so uh, we, we will we'll go and uh, get, a, get an eggnog, pull some crackers, uh, and we'll leave you all to the rest of your Christmas day. We will be back next, next week, which is also next year. It is. <laughs> Have a lovely Christmas, however you're celebrating it. Thank you for listening to us all year. If you've tolerated us this long, we'll be back next year. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.